This is episode 29 with Dr. Jackie Black. Welcome to the Bold and Brave podcast. I'm your host, Hope, motivational writer and adult psychologist, and I'm here to remind you that the power lies within you, that your belief system is up to you. And once we listen to what our heart center truly desires, together we discover bold and brave. Each week, I bring you experts from around the world where we move into what it now feels like to reframe our thoughts and patterns that disserve us and hold us back from achieving what truly lies within. If you want to listen to my episodes first before I release them anywhere else, you have to head to my Instagram page, Bold and Brave with Hope Devaney. Click on the link on my bio and then you can download your episode. And anyone who would like to leave me a review of the week, I would be so grateful and excited to receive that from you. And I would love to gift you with my Manifesting with Hope Meditation Guide. In 1999, Dr. Jackie Black transitioned into marriage coaching and has been guiding many frustrated and desperately unhappy couples ever since to discover their unique way to live an extraordinary life together, no matter what the life. And I just love that. Jackie has supported couples in developing deeper awareness for themselves and their partners and the way that they react and interact with one another. In today's episode, Dr. Jackie Black takes us back to the beginning of the transition into marriage coaching and how this journey came about for Dr. Jackie Black. We discuss why love isn't enough and what we can be doing when two people who really love each other and are super compatible but are still building relationships based on old belief systems. Dr. Jackie also shares with us what wrong things we are focusing on. Dr. Jackie and I touch place on what wrong things we are focusing on And we also discuss what the honey energy is and so much more. Dr. Jackie tells us why self-compassion is so important for a successful relationship. We also discuss how guilt and shame from past relationships can affect future relationships and so much more. So without further ado, I bring to you Dr. Jackie Black. I have a question for you. What's your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? Oh, I'm a Chinese person. I love Chinese food. So I would say my go-to order would be Sichuan chicken or uh, my favorite Thai restaurant. It would be uh, pad thai with chicken. Chicken pad thai with no uh, tofu and no peanuts, unfortunately. It is. I could eat Thai food all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Jackie, you transitioned into marriage coaching in 1999 and have guided many frustrated and desperately unhappy couples to discover their unique way to live an extraordinary life together, no matter what the life is. And I love that. Dr. Jackie, you support couples in developing deeper awareness of both themselves and their partners and the ways that they react and interact You support couples to get good at confronting themselves and their partners to become more able to skillfully relate to one another. Mm. Dr. Jackie, can you take us back to the beginning of this transition for you into marriage coaching and how how this journey came about for you? Yes, actually a really interesting story. I was a therapist. I'm a PhD psychologist and um, I was in private practice in Southern California and my son was at the university. He was at, um, in Washington, D.C. He was at American University. And I met a coach. I had had a, um, a life-changing, horrific experience. Um, one of my clients stalked me. And it was in the years where we didn't know very much about stalking in general, much less the kind of stalker he was. And it changed my life forever. I mean, really forever. And I knew I needed help and support, and I couldn't find any. And it was, it was a really frustrating time. And I met a coach on an airplane, LAX to Dulles, Coach Bob. Sat next to this man for five hours, and he changed my life. I got off the plane and onto, in those days at Dulles, you got onto a people mover. So the people mover would take you to the terminal. And um, as I'm walking down the stairs, having gotten off the people mover, I thought, what just happened? Who was that masked man? <laughs> Uh, it, 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 if you understand that reference from many, many years ago. And uh, I thought, uh, what, 
I, I just didn't know what happened or who he was, but I knew I was different. I know that uh, many people have told me that I talk about this uh, experience like it was a religious experience, but it was so transforming. It was so powerful, and it was so quick. So when I got back to LA, I started to do some investigation, and I didn't get his card and didn't get his last name. And interestingly enough, I have never run into Coach Bob anywhere in the coaching world since then. Uh, but I called the International Coach Federation when I got back, and I learned about coaching, and I enrolled in a few classes and did some, we were doing teleclasses in those years. People were jumping on the phone and sitting on a bridge, <laughs> and um and it really fascinated me, the whole idea of coaching and the difference between coaching and therapy or counseling. And I enrolled in a coach training organization, Coach Training Alliance, that is still one of the top 10 coach training organizations in the world. And I loved it. I was like a fish in water. And it was very much akin or aligned to the kind of work, transformational work that I'd been doing with clients. Anyway, I was never sort of the traditional therapist. And um, then I met David Steele at the Relationship Coaching Institute and um, did all of the training at RCI because I knew I wanted to, to continue to work with um, couples and families. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I've done. And I've moved along. And then in, in uh, 2014, David Steele honored me by inviting me to work with him and to reimagine the whole couples coaching uh, curriculum at RCI. And I did that. And we um, developed a brand new curriculum for couples coaches around the world. And um, wow. I caught, yeah. And then and I coached uh, coaches for, um, for a while. And um, yeah, so I, I, love, I love teaching, I love coaching, and I, and I love the whole world of coaching. It, it's so um, productive and effective. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that therapy isn't, and I'm not comparing the two, because the person who is um, appropriate for coaching probably, no, let me say it the other way is, is correct. The person who is appropriate for therapy probably isn't appropriate for coaching yet. Yes, I understand. And I really, um, oh, that gave me goosebumps. Have you, have you been in touch with Coach Bob ever since? Like to this day, have you ever reconnected with Coach Bob? Nope, never. I have never run into him. I've never seen him anywhere or seen his name anywhere. No. And I'm wow. very, very active and out there in the coaching world. And yeah, never. You know, it was just one of those experiences, one of those moments in time that was so transforming. Mm, how wonderful. What an experience as well to have in such a short space of time and to, to walk away from a conversation with a, with a stranger and to feel like your life has been changed and, a really, and had a really positive impact. I think that's really beautiful. What a, what a lovely experience to carry with you through, through life, Dr. Jackie. Now, one of the topics that you speak about is the importance of relationship building based on outdated beliefs, destructive myths, and unrealistic expectations. You also mentioned that love isn't enough. Dr. Jackie, why isn't love enough? And what can you do when two people who really love each other and are super compatible, however, they are still building their relationships based on these old belief systems? And that's most people, because unless we become aware of new ways to do things, why would we stop doing the things the way we know how to do them? So mm -hmm. love is not enough. And love plus self-knowledge plus partner knowledge plus the essential relationship success skills equals a happy, lasting marriage. Not only happy, but I'm going for lasting. I want mm. people to build relationships that really um, serve them throughout the rest of their lives. And yeah. that's a tall order because, you know, we're living now into our 80s and 90s and we could theoretically be married 60 or 70 years to the same person. And, uh, mm -hmm. but, but in, in the, not but and, in the, in the way that I think about relationships, relationships get better, right? They get deeper and richer. Yeah. And one of the things I say is it's like the difference between firecrackers on the 4th of July <laughs> or the, that deep, rich resonance of an old Stradivarius. Mm -hmm. And that's what marriages become. Mm 
when partners do the work, partner knowledge, self-knowledge, and they learn the skills that enable them to get through whatever comes up and to be able to become more and more vulnerable and available and open-hearted to each other. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. Open-hearted to each other. That's it's very important. Dr. Jackie, you mentioned while you were helping singles learn about their own needs and values, you noticed that men and women were focusing on the wrong things and they were ignoring the stuff that is essential to creating close, joyful and lasting relationships. Dr. Jackie, you guide couples who live alone together get back to enjoying the honey energy. And I love this term, honey energy. I think it's fabulous. I love it, Dr. Jackie. Can you share with us what wrong things we are focusing on now? And can you take us through what the honey energy is? The wrong things... Well, let me say it this way. We come into relationships with expectations and assumptions with beliefs and with attitudes that we normally have not thought about, that we aren't conscious about, that we haven't decided work for us or support us. They are there, and most of the time they lie outside our conscious awareness. That can even be true about values. So one of the things we want to do is make expectations and assumptions conscious and evaluate whether or not they serve you. Will they forward the kind of relationship that you want to have? Will they provide a platform for you to be your best and most brilliant, passionate self in the presence of another person? Mm. Which takes me to the next part. Um, so the skill set, there are skills. I, I often say that the woman that um, gives my dog a bath and grooms him has more, has more time in school and, and more training than any of us do for relationships and parenting. Mm -hmm. So what we have wound up doing is watching parents and grandparents or the culture or people who are close to us. And um, those are not always uh, good models. And, and they're certainly not 2020 models, right? Right. The culture is changing and relationships and marriage and expectations are changing. About five years ago, well, it might have been closer to seven or eight years ago, men, men started saying, I want to be intimate too. Well, we almost fell over. It's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and they've always wanted that. They just never said it quite in those ways. But the, the shifts in the culture made that really okay. Mm -hmm. um, and we see more and more men deciding to be stay-at-home dads, it fits them better, it fits the dynamic of the couple better, and the woman is out in the workplace doing what is hers to do. And so we're seeing a lot of those kinds of changes. So contemporary couples can co-create a relationship in any way that works for them, but it has to be co-created. A lot of the rigid roles don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I, frankly, um, I hope I don't know how well they worked in the past, but I know that they, don't, that they don't work now for contemporary couples. So we really want to look at values, style, temperament. Nobody ever talked about style and temperament, but it's, it's, really, it's really important. My, my um, second husband died, and I thought maybe I would date a little uh, and I met a lovely man who asked me to come to his home on a Sunday. Um, we got out a few times to watch the French Open. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, you know, I'll do that. We lived in a, in a golf community, and it was very casual. And um, so I went over to his house, and I had on a, a pair of linen slacks and a camp shirt, you know, runs mm -hmm. down the front and short sleeves. And he opened the door. He had on sort of workout kinds of shorts and a – a workout shirt. I mean, I didn't have sleeves, round neck. You know what I'm talking about? One of those. Mm -hmm. And I, and he said to me, he didn't even say hello. He said, well, aren't you dressed up? And I thought, okay, I should probably just turn around and go home. Um, he told me something about him. He was not telling me about me. He was telling me something about him, yes. about himself. And so it's style, temperament, 
um, people that like to get up early in the morning and they sleep late or they love Las Vegas or they want to do B&Bs through the south of France or they want to stay in five-star hotels. You know, all these things are really important. People that don't like to camp always wind up dating people who camp and fish and, and do water sports, right? Because they're, they're not thinking, what is my style? How do I show up in the world? You know, what, what, how am yes. I comfortable? Instead, they meet somebody, they go, oh, he's really wonderful and I love him. And I always say, well, what is it that you love? Because they're waiting for them to change. Mm. And people aren't going to change. And so we have to really be keen observers of ourselves, self-knowledge, and of other people. And when we are in a committed relationship, that other person is our partner. And partner knowledge is very important. Mm, yes, I, I agree with you, Dr. Jackie. That's, um, I really like that how you were able to, when you met this, um, when you went to this gentleman's house and you were having that first introduction of you being able to understand that you were being shown a piece of that other person. You weren't taking it on yourself and, and asking yourself, oh gosh, maybe I've dressed up too much and I should leave it. It's a very clear, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy when we're able to step out of ourselves and, and, and take, take the, the thought of, is it about me away from the situation? And we can really hear the other person and listen to them. It's so much easier to be able to help one another and communicate because we're not, we're not just automatically making an assumption negatively towards ourselves and I think that's something I've definitely done in the past a lot in in previous relationships too I've I've definitely tried to fill a void by putting somebody in that space and saying okay well if this person fits all those boxes if I pop them next to my box that should fix everything right <laughs> mm -hmm. and it doesn't and it's exactly what you said Dr. Jackie we're waiting to change people and I'll be the first to admit that in previous relationships I have it's t it, it, you know it's something that was quite a stubborn a stubborn thing for me to move um, within myself but once I realized that I was externally looking for validation in other people through my relationships as opposed to going in and getting to know who hope was and like you said how does hope carry herself through through every day like how am i living authentically in my life and it's true we say that we don't want these things and then we go out and we we look for those things in partners because sometimes it turns out that they're the things we did love but maybe we were too scared to acknowledge them or we shied away from them because they weren't X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. And Dr. Jackie, to give you a bit of insight into my relationship with my partner, Daniel and I, we have very open communication and we started off as friends first and there's no dust. So no matter the challenge that we, that we have, we, we always seem to pull through stronger every time. And I think it's because we, we really understand how each other operates as an individual and we understand what we need to give one another in order to help and encourage and support one another to grow in the direction that that individual wants to grow and help and support and, and allow each other to give each other space in times when our energy perhaps isn't in sync and have that clear communication and that discussion about how each person is feeling. And it really helps that Daniel is someone that has gotten himself to a place where he can be very honest about how he's feeling and what he's dealing with. Dr. Jackie, however, we, we move around in our relationships. When, when our partners feel completely disconnected, how can we come back to that honey energy? So the way that you were describing your relationship with Daniel is the basis of honey energy. When you are creating that space for each person to step in and be fully who they are, because it isn't until we can be our 100% authentic self and we are received joyfully, we are received um, with compassion, without judgment, that it is that we can be more and more of who we already are. And so honey energy gets created from that coalescence of the 100% energy that each person brings into the relationship and then weaves together. So if I'm having a hard day, 
uh, and I'm sort of grumping around the house. Well, Mark, my, my, um, my third husband, Mark, was an amazing, amazing person. And um, he had brought such a joy with him when he would step into a room, no matter where he was or who he was with. And sometimes when he worked, he would be very preoccupied and very, very focused. And I'd walk on the house and I could just feel that he was so focused. And um, I'd sort of walk by his office door and very softly say, is there a honey in the house? <laughs> and yeah, and I could, I could sort of feel the energy shift and he could get, he, because he wanted, he loved the idea of us being honeys. He used to say we were co-CEOs and yeah, it was not sweet. <laughs> And it was a cue that I was missing him and that I really wanted to connect in that special place that we connect. But I didn't, I didn't want to pull him out of what he was doing. It, was, it sounds like very similar to what happens with you and Daniel. I held the space for him to do exactly what he needed to do. Uh, and I let him know that I was really ready to connect when he was ready so that we could co-create that space that was our space, that sweet space that we wanted to be in when we could be relaxed and connected. Mm, that's beautiful. Just honoring one another, isn't it, Dr. Jackie? It, it really is. Yeah, and just understanding one another. Dr. Jackie, why is, why is self-compassion an essential relationship successful skill? And how can partners stay connected in love when they're both busy or perhaps stressed, even with the times that we are currently in now in the world? Why is self-compassion so essential for us in building those skills in our relationship? The message to ourselves when we are showing ourselves compassion is that things hurt and, and other people feel hurt too, that we're not so different. We're not alone and isolated. This isn't a me experience that I can have pain in my heart or I can be sad and that other people get sad too and that there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, I'll tell you a short story. Um, Mark had cancer and he died in 2005. And he came home from chemo. He was on a, on a clinical trial that normally was giving people about a four-month uh, four additional um, life, quality of life. And he came, he came home one day and he was really grumpy and, I don't know, out of sorts. And I went to say hello and he, he was just not available. He sort of bristled. And I gave him a kiss on top of his head and I said, I love you and I'll see you when you're ready. <laughs> and I walked out of his office and um, he got up a little while later, not directly, he was so kind, and he closed his door, which we never close our doors. Mm. So um, that was about 2.30 or 3 in the afternoon. At 6 or 6.15, I decided I was hungry and I knocked on the door very lightly and I opened it and I said, I'm going to order some Thai food. Can I get you? Some, something. And he said, no, I'm not very hungry. And I said, okay. But I ordered his favorite thing anyway and had it there. And the food came and I ate. And about 8.30 he came out. And he said, you have been so amazing. He said, I, I appreciate the space that you gave me so much. He said, when I got to the chemo center this afternoon, there were five men who were doing chemo together in the chemo suite, uh, you know, weekly. Mm. And the first man in the clinical trial that was in his chemo suite died. And he was undone. Mm. And, and he was so grateful that I didn't have any requirements, that I wasn't mad, that I wasn't upset or hurt or wounded in any way, that he had withdrawn. And it didn't occur to me to do any of those things. What I was doing was holding the space, sort of Hera, you know, the goddess Hera, the mm -hmm. goddess of hearth and home, sort of <laughs> holding Hera space, hearth and home. I was there. I was fine. I was busy in my own life. I wasn't threatened by whatever it was that he was going through. And so I held our space for him to step back into when he was ready. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, you really allowed him to just take time and, and digest 
and, and decompress, yeah. decompress the day because, you know, I mean, and, and, and it's the same for my relationship with Daniel. It doesn't matter how well I know him or understand his mannerisms or his body language or the energy he's carrying. There are times when, you know, I'm, I'm not even times. I, I truly believe that we, we can never really understand what is going on in another person's mind because we're not in there. And exactly. Yeah. And exactly. we're not inside. We're oh, not in oh, there. I used to want, I used to say to him, if I could just be inside and really know it, I would feel so much relief. <laughs> and I think that's it, Dr. Jackie. I think sometimes people jump the gun in making it about themselves because they fear that because they don't know what's going on inside another person's mind that they need to tick off all the boxes to make sure that they haven't had that impact yet. But what we don't understand is that first and foremost, we need to allow that person's space. And when they're ready to come to us, they will. And I love that you were able to go in there and give him a kiss on the forehead and say, I love you and I'll see you soon. I think that that is so powerful and it's such a strong message. And it's so important for our listeners to hear that because there's so many of us in relationships that wonder what's missing why does this happen why isn't why 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 and it really just comes down to communicating listening and hearing one another and holding that space it's that simple yeah you know we have to remember that our partners have their own feelings they have their own experiences that they internalize and relate to and react to themselves. Not everything is about us. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Thank you for saying that, Dr. Jackie. That gave me goosebumps. Not everything is about us. And just moving into communication as well, I understand that it's different for every relationship and I like to believe that Daniel and I have an amazing love and communication language is what we like to call it. And it's best that I've ever had in a relationships because individually we have worked on ourselves as, as us and individuals and we know what we want for ourselves and in each other and for one another. How, how can we understand and find that love and communication language within our partners now, especially if we've, if we've built a relationship based on old belief systems or stubbornness or carrying stuff over from, you know, it's like the, the suitcase from one relationship to the other and then you yep. unload it and look at it and go, oh, I thought maybe the clothes might be a little bit more upgraded this time. <laughs> <laughs> Why is everything the same? <laughs> As we take ourselves with us wherever we go. Absolutely. So, Dr. Jackie, how can partners find their love and communication language? The best, the strongest, the happiest relationships are built on commitments and agreements. Commitments and agreements are like the foundational pieces, like the sort of soldier beams of a building that you sink into the ground, right? And then the, the building is built on them. They're the structural pieces. And we, we want to have in place uh, as many agreements and commitments. We want to understand what assumptions and expectations we're bringing, what are our values, what are mine, what are yours, what are shared. And very importantly, we want to create a shared vision. And when you have these existential things in place, you'll find that the inside stuff gets created almost as a result of the strength and the power of the outside existential structure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. So for myself, Dr. Jackie, whenever I was unable to, to please someone or do what they asked of me, especially in previous relationships, I, I held a lot of guilt and shame around mm. myself because I made the decision that I wanted to put myself second in a relationship and I put all of my energy into pleasing and doing and proving something that to this day I'm still not quite sure what I was trying to prove 
in past relationships. How can, Dr. Jackie, how can guilt and shame from our past affect us in, in future relationships? And is there such thing as carrying this guilt and shame into new relationships? Mm, it's such a great question. Um, and doing what you did, putting yourself, putting the other person first is the death knell for relationships. Uh, and if you're in a relationship with a person who really wants that or expects that or demands that, you're in an abusive relationship. So I just want to be clear about that before I go to the next piece. Mm. So guilt and shame, um, they are not the same thing. If guilt had words, guilt would say, Ugh, I wish I had done or hadn't done X. Or I wish I had said or hadn't said why. Guilt is specifically and directly related to our behavior. And guilt is good. Guilt is normal, natural, and necessary. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Shame, on the other hand, is like rust to the soul. If shame had words, shame would say, Ah, what is wrong with me? I'm so stupid. You know, it's, it's that. I'm not even going to say more about it because everybody that's hearing us hope gets what I've just said. Mm. And shame is like rust to the soul. And we have to stop it because it's not true. We, there is nothing wrong with, with us internally, with our hearts, with our beings with our spirits. And that's what shame tells us. It tells us that it's somewhere intrinsically there's something wrong with us. So we have to work very, very hard on stopping the shame in its tracks. And whenever we hear ourselves say something, we have to, we have to stop. I was walking through the house last night and I had just made such a, a silly mistake on something. And I went, ah, you're so, and I won't even repeat the word. And very quickly I went, no, 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 no. I have so many great things happening. My mind is on so many exciting opportunities and I missed this piece, but now I've got it. Yes. Right. So that I was really able to shift the message I was saying to myself, because that's what shame is. We are telling ourselves or messaging to ourselves. It's all that self-talk. And that is the only thing to do with shame is to stop it dead in its tracks and to shift the message so that we are valuing and appreciating ourselves and recognizing that we made a mistake. Okay, I'm not a perfect person. I made a mistake. Mm. Which takes me back to guilt. Everybody feels guilt at some point or another. Why? Because down the road, whether it's a minute or five minutes or a couple of weeks or months, I might have some new knowing. I might learn something or have experienced something or in hindsight or retrospect, I might see that the thing I did or said or didn't do or didn't say was not my best self. Mm -hmm. And when guilt is related to behavior and then we see that we behaved in a way that wasn't aligned or that wasn't our best self, we can recognize it and then we can learn from it and we can change the behavior next time. I mean, guilt, uh, guilt is normal, natural, and necessary. It is, we feel guilty because we're involved and invested in the person or in the event or in the institution that was affected by us not being our best selves or by not having enough information to make a decision that was really aligned with our best self. Oh, I really love that, Dr. Jackie, making a decision that was in alignment with your best self. It's all about educating ourselves, isn't it? And just mm -hmm. having that knowledge for ourselves as individuals, what works for us and, and really understanding how, how we work in our own minds. I feel like sometimes we're so caught up on trying to work out what's going through everybody else's head that we forget that the most important <laughs> the most important place to start is within ourselves in our own mind and our own thoughts and beliefs because that's where it where it stems from dr jackie your reviews speak for themselves you are an amazing, amazing human being. Can you take us through oh, the work? You. You're very welcome. <laughs> Can you please take us through the work that you're now doing and the courses that you are offering? I would really love all of our listeners to be able to 
get a little bit more insight into Dr. Jackie's world and, and what you offer. And to all of our listeners who are listening now, and for later on, I will be leaving all of the links to Dr. Jackie Black's website and contact platforms in the show notes. Mm, thank you so much. So I work with couples in trouble and couples facing life-threatening and chronic illness. And so I will um, see couples privately. Uh, and I also um, have uh, couples groups, very small, private groups of couples, six couples to a group for six months. And the reason that I like doing couples groups is that they're very, very powerful. When I'm working with a couple and other couples are listening, one person's aha moment can be a mirror for us and we have our own aha moment. We see our issues so clearly through other people talking and sharing about their issues. And sometimes the issue might be different, but the skill set that couples are practicing, and a couple can say, oh, you know, we could use that. We, we can use that when this comes up, or that's a clue for something that I can shift inside myself. So groups, couple of groups, groups of couples <laughs> uh, is, so, <laughs> is so powerful. So um, I have couples groups, and I see couples um, privately. And I have a wonderful retreat. The retreat, I'm not doing the retreat now. It's a destination retreat, three full days with me. But wow. right now I'm doing the, yeah, oh, it's incredible. The retreat hotel is a magnificent hotel. Um, we start at 9 in the morning. We work until 12, 1230 or 1. Then I take them to lunch. We walk. The hotel is in a beautiful area. and We take a walk for lunch, have a wonderful lunch, come back and work in the, the retreat suite is in their hotel, so they never have to leave the hotel unless they want to. And then they have evenings on their own. Oh, my goodness. That sounds absolutely incredible. When are you starting this back up again, Dr. Jackie? Well, as soon as the world <laughs> opens up. <laughs> I, I'm ready. <laughs> I want to come along too. <laughs> but in lieu of the destination retreats, I'm also doing a virtual retreats on Zoom. And they, they, work, they work well. It's a very rich experience. I am not going to say that it is the same thing as being in a magnificent retreat hotel in a, in a beautiful area. But, uh, but, there, but the, the work that couples do is just as powerful. I do want to say that. Oh, how fantastic. Dr. Jackie, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. You have given us some very inspiring and soulful knowledge. If it's okay with you, I would love to fire off three rapid questions for you today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the first question is, when the spark dims or goes out, are couples doomed? No, 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 no. The first person who recognizes that needs to put their hand up and go, wait, stop, we're not as connected as I want to be, let's get to work. I love that. There's, there's opportunity always, Dr. Jackie. Always, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, a question for you. What do you envision for our world? I'm very optimistic, and I think that there are a lot of rich lessons that we all learn personally and as a culture from difficult times, from tragedies, and, um, and I don't know specifically, but, but I do feel very hopeful. I believe in human beings, and I believe in the resiliency of the human spirit. Oh, that's beautiful, Dr. Jackie. And my final question for you is, what's your next mission? My next mission, well, you know, uh, I'm doing a five-day challenge in a couple of weeks. And my next mission is to, it's a great question. Thank you so much. I hadn't thought of it this way. My next mission is to help couples understand that they do not ever need to have another fight. There is an alternative that works. And uh, that's the, the basis of the five-day challenge is never fight with your partner again. Why would we fight with a person that we have an open heart with and that we want to be vulnerable with, that we, that, that, that we are protecting and want to be protected by? There, um, it just doesn't make sense. And so I've created this way to help couples get their needs met without fighting ever again. I love that. Please do that for the whole world, Dr. Jackie. 
thank you, Hope. You have been an incredible, incredible host. Thank you so much. What a pleasure it's been to be with you. Thank you so much for being a guest on my on my show today, Dr. Jackie. I'm so grateful to you and to the work that you're doing. I just want to say thank you for sharing your beaming light with us all. Thank you for your courage, Dr. Jackie Black, and thank you for showing up. And thank you most of all for being you. I'm sending you and your family mm-hmm. an abundance of love during these times and Thank, Thank you. you for showing up and for being you and for doing doing the work for yourself and helping the rest of the world. My pleasure. You're welcome. What an amazing episode that was with Dr. Jackie Black. I got so many crystal clear and soulful takeaways from that chat. If you got a lot out of today, please subscribe to my podcast and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app so then we can continue to empower one another and shine light on these important topics. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being brave. Thank you for having the courage. And thank you for being you.